Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. God, I pray that you would tell the follow grounds of our heart to make teaching easy, revelation receptible for your people. God, I pray that you will hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to be in the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. I'm going to be in Genesis 3 and 8, 3 and 10. I make, make reference to it. Jeremiah 23, 24. Psalms 139, 1 through 9. Job 13 and 20. Job 34 and 22. I may make reference to this. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, who's aboard your ship? That should not be. Who's aboard your ship? That should not be. We're going to be in the book of Jonah. And Jonah is running from the work of the Lord. But then I want to talk from a perspective today is that when we have excess baggage on our ship, that should not be. Jonah's name means dove or peace. Traditional sailors say that the name preface for someone means bad luck. We're going to be reading the book of Jonah, the first chapter. We're going to find out that God is telling Jonah to go to the, one of the um, Assyrian empires of the time, which was one of the largest uh, cities of that time, um, and it was a pagan um, city. And uh, God is telling Jonah to go and do something. But when you look at our lives, God tells us to do things. And we sometimes are just like Jonah. We're running from the Lord or, or God is telling us to get rid of SX baggage in our life. And we don't want to do that. And I'm going to give you a definition of a ship. It says a ship, it says a vessel large. It says larger than a boat for transporting people or goods by sea. Transport goods or people on a ship. It says some of you have things and people in your life that are not boat size, but, but ship size. And it's 2020, what are you going to do? God is saying, what are you going to do with the word? What are you going to do with the things that I've spoken to you? God speaks three ways. He speaks in the word. He speaks to you or he'll send a prophet your way. Let's look at way down. Some of us, we don't realize. I'm just giving you Wikipedia. We're going to look at some definitions. So maybe since the word sometimes doesn't resonate to us. But sometimes a ship can have so much cargo that it gets weighed down. Sometimes in your life you can have so much stuff with you or so much stuff that's attached to you that you get weighed down. And if the boat is too heavy, it's going to capsize. It's going to sink. But how long do you think? that you can carry all of this SX baggage, this cargo, without something happening. Sometimes God interrupts things in our lives. It seems like it's inconvenience at us, but that's the way God does. He comes at an unexpected time to capsize you or to sink you. It said way down is appropriate for a more figurative context of adding something unnecessary or undesirable. I'm just giving you Wikipedia. 
It says way down is redundant. It says way down or way down. It says right here can means the same thing um, in some context. Way down can in um, principle donate some kind of burden, good or bad. Some of you carry so much cargo and it's and, it's, and it has hindered you. Sometimes if you ever had a wound and it never healed, your body will adjust to that wound. And it's draining you more and more. And it seems like why are you tired and you're heavy? Because your body has to work harder to heal and to give you what it needs. And to support the SX baggage that you're carrying. Who is aboard your ship that should not be? What is it that is weighing you down? What cargo is weighing you down? We don't understand that sometimes we have things in our life that just weighs us down. And you thinking that it's, it's just something that... Um, that you are dealing with, and that's something about the Christian life and the Christian walk. Sometimes we just think that we can handle everything. But I'm going to tell you something. We're living in the last hour, and I serve notice on you that you cannot just handle everything. Your body just cannot support everything that's been accustomed to. And one of the things that's coming to my mind, I can't find it right now, it talks about the works of the flesh. You don't understand that these things have a tendency to weigh us down. It has a tendency to get in our spirit. And you don't understand that the works of the flesh that the Bible talks about, it sometimes it can take a toll. What you can put up in your teens, what you can put up in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. When you get 40 and 50 and 60 years old, you cannot put up with that kind of stuff. Because your body is not at the same place that it was. Who's aboard your ship? What has God told you to let go of? And one thing about God, before he allows you to capsize, he'll send a prophet to you. He'll send the word of God. He even speaks to you by dreams and visions. But yet, we don't want to hear what God is saying because it's not to our taste or our likings. And then we fall into sin. We fall in, into uh, rebellion. And you want to know why the gifts of the Holy Ghost power is not working. You want to know why God is not moving in you the way that he used to move in. And why God is not doing these things that he used to do. Sometimes you got to understand something. God don't always move the same way. The way you were when you were hearing and moving in the spirit of God. God will come down and swoop it up and deal with it. But as you go on and you allow things and people or the atmosphere to get inside of your spirit. And dilute the word of God which is your faith. And what you stand on because the Bible says without faith is impossible to please him. You need to understand something. What has attached to your faith? What cargo have you allowed to break you down? Huh? To destroy your faith? Huh? Or are you going to allow man? Or are you going to allow the things in the atmosphere of what you go through to take you down? Huh? What is aboard your ship huh, that's causing your faith to be troubled? Huh? What is in your walk in God huh, that has caused you not to believe God? Huh? What is in your walk that's caused you to walk in a place of disobedience and rebellion huh, and think that you're going to have the same power just think that you're going to have the same place in God. Huh? How in the world you think God is going to allow all of 
stuff that's unnecessary that he told you to lay aside every weight, every hindrance, everything that so easily beset you in this hour. Who is above Joshua? We allow too many things to come in in this hour. The devil is sneaking. He's crafty. The Bible tells you, you need to know his many devices. He's going to use your husband. He's going to use your wife and your daughter. He's going to use your boss. He's going to use your best friend. He may even use the pastor, the prophet, and the evangelist against you. You need to understand something. Satan comes in. And when he comes in, he comes in at full blown. He's not coming and tapping. He's coming in to tear you down. You need to understand something. He's unmerciful. But why are you being merciful with that thing that's causing you a headache at night? Why are you being so merciful to that thing that you know is trying to get you down? Some of you need to throw some stuff overboard. But fear, which is a false evidence that appears real in your life, Fear has stepped in. Anytime you in this walk, you go through leaps and valleys, but you got to hold on to the word of God even more because fear will step into the greatest of the greatest and the lowest of the lowest. But you got to know without a shadow of a doubt who God is in your spirit, not your head, not your body. Your body, your head have all kind of symptoms and emotions, but by faith, Hebrews 12 tells you that. This means that fear has attached itself to your life. Some of you have things and the devil has just thrown up a smoke screen and you bought it as if the real thing. Some of you think God told me this. Some of you think that you need a devil to survive. And he is tormenting you day and night. Have you ever been in a relationship? You know it wasn't good for me. But I felt that I just had to have and I couldn't live without it. And it was tormenting me. I didn't have no peace, but I couldn't leave. I don't know if you ever been in a storm. Until God came in and delivered me, I would have still been right there. To him I owe my own to. Have you ever been in a storm and in a place that you just totally survived on the devil because you felt that you needed him and they were draining you dry? They took all of your nourishments. They took all of your royalty cargo off your ship. Who's aboard your ship that shouldn't be? And feel grip your soul. The Bible, I'm paraphrasing it, the Bible in the, the songs of Proverbs about when a boy takes um, partnership or you join his body with a harlot. Let's just break that down and look at that. When your body has joined forces with something that's filthy, low class. 
you knew you weren't raised that way, but it was just something about it that drawed you to it. And you became one with it. I ain't talking about sleeping with somebody. But your spirit just drawed to it. And it seemed like late at night you knew your spirit had connected to something that was not of God. Or down the road, God spoke to you one day and said, you shouldn't have done that. And you said, God, I felt it. But I don't know how to get out of it. Who's aboard your ship that should not be? Some of you are running from what God is calling you to do. Let's look at Jonah. I told you his name means what? Peace, a dove. Some people in tradition in man's way, because to me when I hear tradition, that means man. Because God is not really about tradition. He's about his law and his promises. Because when Christ came on the scene and died on the cross, he gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was ripped. That means that anybody can come in to him. You don't need no priest to come to you to go and make an atonement for you. So God broke the law. And then that's when grace and mercy started ruling in the body. But even in that, there's still supposed to be some discipline. Even in that, supposed to be some obedience. When are you going to come out of tradition? When are you going to come out of change? Because some people just say that that's bad luck. Remember I told you? That's what traditions say. That's just bad luck. But what seemed like it's a failure for man or tradition, it's really an uprising for God. God always works in unusual and mysterious ways. And sometimes it takes you to fall in order to get back up. But even in that fall, God, you should be allowing God to deal with you. Because when he brings you back up, he's not looking for you to be the same. Because you're going to find out Jonah had to end up doing what God say do. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of a midnight. It says, uh, it says, a middle It says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. I told you, Nineveh. It says, the city of Nineveh was the capital of the Syrian Empire and was a large and prominent city in its day. It says, it was not a city of Israel at all. God called Jonah to go to, to a pagan Gentile city and called them to what? Repentance. So let's go on down. For their wickedness had come up before God. How in the world do you think that your sins just don't go up to God's nostrils? How long do you think God is going to tolerate you running from him?
Let's go on down. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Juppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I want you to see he paid for this thing. I'm going to tell you something. You want people on a, on a run, they're going to spend foolish money. See, when you're doing things God's way, you don't have to pay excess money. He blesses you with monetary things. So God told him to do this. But he goes and pays money to get on the ship to Tarshish. He's going the opposite direction. Have you ever seen yourself going the opposite direction that God has told you to do? I see people like this all the time. Paying a fare to the wrong location. It's going to cost you. When God has pointed you to do something, the only thing that he's going to bless is what he told you to do. Anything else, he's not going to bless it because that's not what his, his plan is for your life at that time and in place in that season in your life. You got to do what God said do. So many saints in this hour are going to pay a price for the wrong ticket that was punched on the wrong train. Verse 4. Jonah 1 and 4 says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea. Hear that? So that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 5, it says, then the marines, mariners, were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw their cargo that was in the ship, it says, into the sea to lighten the load. I'm a downsize. I remember the season where everybody bought the big house and then guess what the market changed and everybody had to downsize. Did God really tell them to do it? Too much cargo will wear you down. Whether your physical body, your finances, it ain't going to support it. So what you work hard for and spent that extra money, you got to upload it now because there's a storm coming. There's a tornado that's happening in your life. There's a turbulence. And now you're afraid. And every man is calling on that God. See, we all serve something. You may say you serve Jesus, but guess what? You'll be surprised what we built up. That gets in the way of God's plan for our life. Everybody's been that place in some point in their life. But sometimes God got to let you go through some things. He's got to let you lighten the load. He's got to let you throw it overboard in order to get you on the right path. And what God is telling 
telling you to do. See, some of us are still there in Tarshish, in that great city of Nineveh. Some of us are in that place in our life. God told you not to do it, but you went and did it anyway. And now God is saying, because you ran the wrong way, you had no heart to repent. Now I got to turn you around. I got to lighten that stuff that had you down and burdened. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep. I thought that I was safe. Jonah thought he had gotten away from the presence of the Lord. Like I told you, God will come in huh, at the least expected moment huh, to turn you around. Huh. Jonah's in a comfortable place. Huh. The men on top huh, are going through all the struggle. Huh. And Jonah, the one that brought the trouble in, huh, they fast asleep. Huh. Have you ever been in a storm in your house? Huh? Have you ever been in a storm in the church? Huh? Have you ever been in a storm on your job? Huh? You carrying a load. Huh. You up at night fasting and praying and crying out to the Lord. But everybody else is enjoying your hard have you ever been in a storm it didn't seem right it didn't seem fair so the captain came to him and said to him what do you mean sleeper Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and they, it says, and the lots fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us for who cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your city and of what people are you? It's good to ask questions. It's good sometimes to know who you hooking up with. See, it can't be just our spirits alike. You could be, hey, that could be something from the past. Huh? You in the flesh. Huh? You got to be led by the spirit. Huh? You better start asking questions. Huh? You better start being a fruit inspector. Don't allow so many people aboard your ship. Huh? Don't allow so many people to walk close to you. You got to see them for who they are. You trying to be a sleeper on my dreams. What torment are you causing ever since you came aboard this ship? Huh? Ever since you came in my life, huh? it ain't been nothing but trouble and chaos. Huh? What is it with you? Where are you from? Where do you come from? What are you running from? Who's your God? You better get up and call on him. How could he call on God when he was in trouble with God? He wasn't at that place of repentance. So God allowed man to deal with you. You want to listen to me? I'm going to let you fall in hands with man. 
David said, I don't care what you do, God. Just don't let me fall in the hands of man. I'd rather be in the hands of an angry God. But see, David was at that place that he saw for what it was. And he knew that no matter what God allowed, that that was still in his best interest. Because he knew man was hard and wicked and corrupt. They would tear him up. They'll break him down. They'll destroy him. Because man is never going to rebuild you when their heart is against you. When wickedness lies in the camp. You need to understand this. So David understood this. Who's above your ship? What trouble have you bought here? Jonah wasn't at that place. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. No, he didn't fear God because he feared God. He would have did what God say. See, that's some church folk. They say a whole lot of stuff. But they, their actions are not backing it up. He feared him on some level, but not to the place that he did what God say do. So God's got to bring a storm in your life. He's got to bring trouble. He's got to come in and, and distort and, and tear down and shake up some stuff because that boat was rocking. The men was afraid. You down there thinking you escaped. You at the bottom of the ship. Fast asleep. But you done bought this trouble in my camp. You done bought this trouble in my house. That's why you need to be careful who you allow in your house. Huh? You need to be careful what you allow in the presence. Huh? You got to understand something because when you say welcome, you need to look that up. Huh? That means come on in and everything else that's with you coming in with you, huh? coming in my house. Huh? You need to be careful what you allow in your space. Huh? You got to be careful what you allow in your presence huh? because you need to understand you are in the presence of God huh? and the enemy is supposed to flee from you. Huh? So if you're worried about having friends, huh? if you worried about having family members huh? if you worried about having church folks with you you got to understand something when you're in the presence of God huh? they got to flee because there's something in them that just ain't right huh? but you're going to be there crying and, and whining at God and saying let me do this let me have in my way in your life huh? I'm protecting you I'm securing you I'm trying to show you where you ain't got to pay money for the wrong ticket I'm going to get you there free and in the spirit And I'm reminded. It's in the New Testament. I don't know if it was Paul or one of the other men in the Bible. They met a eunuch. And the eunuch was in there trying to read the book of Isaiah. And then he wanted to be baptized. He changed his life. And the prophet or the man of God and apostle, they went flying in the spirit and he baptized them. And after his job was done, he had fleed. You got to understand something. There's a supernatural moving in the spirit realm. You ain't got to pay a price. You ain't got to pay a ticket. You ain't got to go through the chambers and the gates and all through the paper that's on the train. God will move you somewhere supernatural. You need to understand something. We serve a supernatural God. He'll save you a whole lot of time and money. He'll save you a whole lot of heartache if you just move supernatural. 
and were exceedingly afraid, verse 10, and said to him, why have you done these things? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. The men understood what Jonah did more than what Jonah did. But the Bible says the people of the world are more wiser than the children of God or the children of light. When they had already heard all the great things that God had done. See, when you go back to the earlier verses, they said they prayed unto their God. And they told Jonah to pray to his with a big G. See, the devil knows more about your God than you do. He fears more than what you fear. See, Jonah is up there at the bottom of the ship thinking he done got away, thinking that he's in smooth sailing, and he's running from what God has called him to do. But you got to understand something. God will uproot anything in this hour. Don't you trust nothing. Don't you be in love with anything except the word of God. Be in love with Jesus Christ. Give your heart to him today sell out to him. Tell him whatever he wants you to do. Give your heart and a mind and a, a, a body to be obedient to the will of God. That whatever it is that you want to be sold out. You want to be in that place in God. That you move supernatural. That you see the prayers of God not being hindered in your life. That you can be a blessing to somebody else. And that you can help somebody like Elijah did with the old widow woman. She gave all and all that she had and she blessed the man of God he said I tell you this you're a good old woman and I know you love the Lord you and your son you bake me a cake first he said indeed I'm gonna leave a blessing and God said you're gonna have more than enough so she went around to all the town and got that all she was moving in supernatural right now timing of the Holy Ghost power Who's aboard your ship that's stunning your growth, that's hindering you, that's weighing you down, that's bringing more demons, opening up more bondage in your life. You came out of Egypt. It was the Lord thy God that brought you to the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. It was me, said the Lord of hosts. Remember me what I did in the wilderness. Remember me what I did to the Egyptian. You got to remember what God has done. Verse 11, then said him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more, it says trumbleless, I mean temp tempest. And I looked up the word tempest for y'all that don't really know. See, you can read the Bible, but sometimes you just glide over stuff. Let's see what tempest means. It says right here, characterized by strength or turbulence, or conflicting emotions, very stormy. <laughs> Let me tell you what God said. That thing in your life is growing more and more temperance, and you have been around people that are always stormy. Have you ever been around people that's always stormy? They always got something. 
some trouble and confusion. They always got some trouble in your life. And you connect yourself with this. But you need to ask questions. Where did you come from? Where is your country? What are you fleeing from? Why are you here? How did you come here? Who told you about me? Most of all, are you saved? Are you born again? But you just welcome anything and everybody. The devil even sound like God. You better know the voice of God. He said, my sheep know my voice. And no other will they follow. Why is the sheep all scattered? They tempest. They stormy. They in trouble all the time. They in financial struggle. They in financial pain. And they always in their emotions. Jonah was rebelling against God. And I looked up rebellion. A person who resists any authority, control, or tradition to reject, resist, or says raise in arms against one's government or ruler. So when you in rebellion, you really raising your hands. It says arms against government and authority. So Jonah was in a battle with the Lord and didn't even know it. Not only did he bring all of this trouble, he's in rebellion. And he's fighting against God. He's resisting and rejecting authority. Some of you want to know why. That there's always trouble. There's always, are you in your emotions? You're walking in your flesh and you don't understand how that keeps you in a place of immaturity. Have you ever been around somebody that was immature than you in the spirit? You can't be there with them too long. They get on your nerve. You be like, wake up. Can't you see what's really going on? Have you ever talked to somebody that was still a babe in Christ and you're trying to feed them meat? They're going to fuss you. They're going to get way you down. They're going to work on your last nerve. Jonah was in a place. He was rebelling against God. He had put up arms in resistance against what the word of God told him. Some of you walking around want to know why your house is tore up. Some of you want to know why you got trouble on your job. You need to wake up and see what God is saying. Verse 12. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will be, become calm for you. Let me tell you something. The power that was in his body through the word of God. He had enough sense to stop and say, wait a minute. Sometimes it take a storm of men to come to you to wake you up. He says, pick me up and throw me overboard. The word that which God said is going to calm the sea. Some of you don't know the power. 
power of the word that radiate in you and through you when God has given you a charge to keep my half. You need to understand how powerful it is to follow the voice of the Lord. You need to understand a charge to keep my half. I can't let nobody else get in my way. I can't let nobody else be a stumbling block. I can't let nobody else detour me from what God is saying. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's children. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's the pastor or the manager. I got to do a charge to keep my half. Because what's inside of me is going to calm what's in my house. All I got to do is be obedient and heed the word of God. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let pain, aches, and body stop you. For I know that this Great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rolled hard to bring the ship to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempest against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord, to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not ch says charge us with innocent blood for you O lord have done it as as it pleased you so they picked up jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its roaring Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and says offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. I want to go to Psalms 139. I want to tell you something. Man has been doing this since the beginning of time, hiding, fleeting, and running from God. Genesis 3 and 8 says, it says, they heard the sound of the Lord God, walked in the garden in the cool of the day, and the men, man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Out of what they had disobeyed, they ate from the forbidden fruit tree of knowledge. Jeremiah 23 and 4 says, Jeremiah 23 and 24 says, can anyone hide himself in the secret places so I shall not see him, said the Lord? Do I not, says, feel the heavens and the earth, says the Lord? We sit here a lifetime running from what God has said. And some of you have been there so long that God said, I got to turn the one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his soul may be saved. So some of you are going to stay there until you obey God and really cry out from the depths of your soul and say, God, I see what I've done. And sometimes it takes a man a lifetime to see what they have done wrong to God, how they have fight him, how they came up against the very thing that they said that they wouldn't do when they got saved. 
obey. What's past salvation? It's obeying the Lord, hearing his voice, and walking thereof. Verse 7 is what I want to focus on in Psalms 139. This is David talking. You got to understand something here. When you want to deal with somebody that's been suffering a lifetime, you need to take them to the book of Psalms. Because some of you don't understand what true suffering is. Some of you don't understand what makes David great. David did a whole lot. But David had a heart to turn around. And when he couldn't hear it and see his own self, God sent the prophet and the prophet showed him. And David repented. Even after all of that, and the sword didn't leave his house, but David had enough strength and mercy that if God was going to judge me, let it so be. He never lost faith in God, and when he did, by temptation of the flesh, we all got temptation of the flesh, but you should be in a place that you fall down on your knees. God should have the rings of your heart. You need to understand, Jeremiah 17 said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? I the heart and the mind and I discern the intent of the heart who's above your aboard your ship that shouldn't be Psalms 139 oh Lord you have searched me and know me you know my setting down and my rising up it says, you understand my thoughts are far off. You comprehend my path and my laying down. You need to understand, comprehend. How many times the devil done told us, nobody understand. You can't identify with my pain. The Bible in the New Testament tells you he identifies with our pain. That's why he had to walk this earth, not only for salvation and break the generation, I mean, break the curse and the law, but he had to be a man. That's why he's the God man. He can identify with your pain. But you want to lay there in your pain and you crucify him all over again and you don't understand the revelation of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sin. But yet you would sit here and regurgitate like a dog returning back to his own vomit over the same thing over and over again. When are you going to close the door and walk therein to the newness? Isaiah said, behold, I do a new thing. You understand my thoughts are far off. You comprehend my path and mine laying down. It says, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. But behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have, it says, hindered, it says, hind, hind me behind and before. It says, and lay your hand upon me. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot... Attain it. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit, O? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I send it to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. 
It says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. I'm going to go to Job. Job 13 is what is 13. Job, excuse me, Job 34 and 22. Then I'm going to Job 13 and 20. It says, there is no darkness, a deep shadow where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. You sitting there crying. If you just learn to wait on God, God going to deal with your enemies. You can't spend time licking your wounds. You got to know that your day of reckoning will come. It's a day that God is going to make you, your enemies, your footstool. I've been there many a times, and I could cut them off. I've been in situations, Mother Edna, when I was on that ship, and that girl had everybody on that ship against me. And God sent the angel down and told me that he had my back. And the same person that was trying to set me up fell in the trap. I know God for myself. When you got a plan and a purpose, can't nothing stop you. Can't nothing get in your way. See, when you know that you're called out by God and you're chosen above all things, But you let your situation, you let people determine your faith. Not the things, the miracle working power or the things that God has brought you out. Because he didn't bring you out the way that you want. Yeah, you had to suffer. Jonah had to suffer. All the prophets in the Bible had to suffer. Even Moses had to suffer. But through my suffering that Paul talked about, I came to know him for myself. And through his power. But Job left us with this. Job 13 and 20 says, Only two things do not do to me. That I will not hide from your face. Job said, whatever you do. Uh-uh. I don't want to hide from your face. Some of you need to just stop and unload the cargo. Verse 21, it says, withdraw your hand far from me. It says, and let not the dread of you make me afraid. Then call and I will answer. I read you Job 13, 20 and 21. I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' name. Amen.